Okay, so I'm gonna tell you like I tell everybody, if you say anything, you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have said that. Just tell me and I can edit it out. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> feel free to say however much you want to. Um, you can stop at some point like if you don't like my questions you know like the way it's going whatever i don't mind stopping and changing it <laughs> so. nope i'm sure it'll be just fine i am not a picky person i'm also not very particular so whatever you say i will i'll jive with i promise yeah i um it's really weird because you go from like this like conversation of just like getting to know each other real quick and then i'll yeah. go into like the whole Okay, welcome back. And it gets to be kind of awkward. So um, I'm just going to give you a heads up on that one. <laughs> All is well. No problem. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So then we'll just get started. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome back to Leave a Little Sparkle. I am your host, Julie Walker. And today I have a very special guest. Hello, special guest. Hi, Marn, <laughs> the teacher here representing. So, okay, I real quick want to touch on because I found you on TikTok and I'm not sure if everybody knows that. So I found you on TikTok and your teacher spirit spoke to my teacher spirit. And um, I think the very first thing I actually ever saw you do or talk about was the student who felt like she couldn't do math. And then you came along and you were like, oh, you're really good at math. And all of a sudden she felt like she was good at math and she was. So. Yeah. I just, I, I want to thank you so very much for coming on this podcast because when you can find other teachers that are like-minded like that, it makes you excited to continue to get up and do this every single day. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I love hearing that. That's amazing. I talk to people all the time because I post things that I either think will be funny, relatable, or uplifting um, or helpful, I guess. And if I don't fit into those categories, I'm like, then why am I posting things? Like, I want to be somebody that people look up to. If a student came across my video, would they be like embarrassed to see their teacher? And so I try to post things that would resonate with other people. So that's amazing to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that's why I post things like that. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I also think about my kids before I post. Um, but I think it's funny to embarrass them. So <laughs> incredible yeah, just just a little bit you know like a parent would ne never anything too crazy but I'm absolutely I'm always, I'm always trying to learn the new lingo and then I go into class and I'm like hey it's bussing in here and they're like oh no 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 <laughs> my newest favorite verb is yeet y-e-e-e -E. and yeah. so I will use that and I'll use it in context with people who don't know what it means so I'll say oh I was on a run with my baby in the jogger and she yeeted her cup and they'll be like, she did what to her cup? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's something my students would think was funny, but people in the real world think I'm nuts. So yeah, I totally agree. I like to use the lingo and the kids are like, stop doing that, it's cringe. I'm right. like, whatever. I thrive on cringe. Yeah, so this year I had a student actually like, I, I, I got caught in the, oh my God, in my old moment because she goes, Miss Walker, you're invited to the family cookout. And I was like, wait, uh, when is it? Like, I, I don't know. Um, do your parents know that you invited me? And she's like, Miss Walker, it's just a phrase. And I was like, oh, okay. It Apparently is? <laughs> I'm over here like prepping potato salad. And she's like, no, it, you're not. There's no cookout. Stop. I would be the same way. I'd be like, well, now I'm embarrassed. I'm like already RSVPing. Yeah. Right. I don't, I've never heard that one. Yeah. That was a new one for me. So. 
Um, so tell everybody a little bit about yourself. If they, if they're not coming over from your TikTok, what, what, what do you want people to know about you? So my name is Marin, um, or Miss Hansen, the kids know me as, and this will be my 10th year teaching. I think of it more as my 11th because my student teaching was a full year experience. So I feel like this is my 11th year. I taught for six years in a district that was kind of in the city. I live in Minnesota, so it was like right outside of Minneapolis. And then I moved to the suburbs. So this will be my fourth year in a district that's kind of outside the suburbs. And I've known similar to you. I listened to a couple of your podcasts. I knew I wanted to be a teacher in third grade. So I was like... This has been like quite literally my dream job experience. And that doesn't mean that every day I wake up and it's like, oh, butterflies and rainbows and everything is perfect. And I'm a perfect teacher because that those don't exist. No. But it is certainly been a passion of mine since I was a little kid. And so it's been really fun to watch. I don't know, to even look back at my fifth grade journal where I had lesson plans written down. I am not kidding. Whoa. It's really funny. like the date is there. I had the schedule. I had a fake roster. It was my stuffed animals. Um, <laughs> and I, it's fun to realize as an adult, like that version of younger Marin would be so excited to know that this is what yeah. I'm doing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad you listened. You know, that's so that like melts my heart. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, similar kindergarten. I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And I think it's so important that you touch on the fact that like, it doesn't mean it's all rainbows and butterflies. It just means that we're living our dream. And that's just, you know, if more people could live that way, that I think there'd be a lot more happy people out there. Totally. And I, I've had a really grounding perspective about that because mm -hmm. I do see people kind of jumping around in their careers and trying to figure out their purpose and their calling. And I truly feel that teaching is something that helps me feel fulfilled in that purpose. And even in those days when I worked in a district where there was a lot of behavior and 98% of my students lived below the poverty line and every day was an uphill battle, I still felt like I left there like doing something, making some sort of a little difference. Even though I would leave sometimes depleted, I still have those students who are now in college, to, as we're talking about feeling old, um, reach out to me and even on TikTok, they'll comment and be like, oh my gosh, it took me a second to realize how are you, my favorite teacher. That type of interaction is like totally what makes it worth it. Looking back, you're like, wow, I can't believe that that student is still remembering me and talking about me. And to this day, it's very humbling and very, very humbling. Humbling. It is. It's, it's crazy because so last week, one of my very first class students um, who's 18 now and like living his life noticed that I had reached out about having some help um, packing up my classroom and turning it into an office. And he's like, hey, I can come help. And it was so surreal to me. Like, first of all, that an 18 year old boy is like, still, she's the best teacher I ever had. I want to help her out however I can. Like that warmed my heart. And then also his family was like, and we can come help too. And so yeah, that's amazing. yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, because I feel like teaching is like, I, here I go with all the likes. I feel as if teaching is a, it's, it's people work. Like you're, you're in the business of people and fulfilling people, helping people find their fulfillment and um, being there for them. And I wish, I don't want to say this because it's going to sound so controversial, but I wish more teachers 
felt that way every day when they went to work, because I think mm -hmm. it would make such an impactful difference when you're having that one kid struggle in class. Mm -hmm. There's so many teachers that are ready to walk out and they're so like depleted. Totally. It's been, it's been a, this past year, I noticed it a lot, a lot, a lot, like on social media, in my own school, there were people putting, and it was very eye opening and, and very, it's like a real issue, I would say, because they're working conditions and all these things. And I kept thinking about my students in those scenarios. I was like, and I, I'm in it too. I've joked to all my colleagues because they'd be like, wait, are you leaving? And I was like, oh no, I'm like deep in it. <laughs> I was like, I'm joining more committees. I don't know why I'm over committing myself. But I just thought about those families that I've grown so close to in the relationships that I've built and no shade to the people who need to leave for mental health. Like I, I, I haven't gotten to that point, but man, I was like, I am in it, in it. Like these families are coming or these kids are coming to school and wanting to see me and here I am. So I wanted to be that person, that safe person for them. So it is, it's, it's wild. I feel like this past year, I saw so many teachers that have so many followers quitting in troves. And I was like, wow, this is quite the situation. Yeah. It's a little scary. Um, my, my best friend and I have talked about it a lot because like we both knew this is what we wanted to do when we both are very gung-ho about being teachers and like it's our whole personality okay yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we're you know we're sitting around like for fun we talk about what can we do to help with teacher retention what 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 is it and i mean first of all it definitely has to be your calling right like this totally, isn't right. really faint of heart um but but at the same time like what is it that could be done to help teachers to feel you know, compelled to stay in the classroom. It's just so hard to think about because what what is it, you know? And especially quit talk is is the whole, that's what they're talking about, quit talk. And um, I've definitely, those are the ones I'm seeing on um, TikTok that I'm like, okay, keep scrolling. Cause I, I can't listen to the negative. It makes me just so sad. And I'd rather fill my life with positives so that I feel like I'm positive. Does that make sense? Totally. And I was thinking about it too, because when I was out of place, so I switched districts, like I mentioned, when I was feeling like in the trenches and more depleted, I moved to a different school and I was completely refreshed in who I was as a teacher and I switched grade levels. So everything was new. I had a new team and I, I just, I, and that's what I, I, I want to say to people who are just quitting the profession forever. I'm like, I, I switched to a different everything and it was amazing and I had a smaller class size and I had more support and it just was a different experience and I needed that refresher to, yeah. to refine my love and my passion instead of just moving on I was like I want to I still want to teach I think it's my calling like you mentioned I just need a change of pace and I found that for myself and I was like wow so that's advice I've given to people who are like I might leave and find a different career I was like well what if you just switch to a new school or something right. you know and, and if they, they need a new career I guess they do but at the same time I was like I switched schools and I had a full refresh yeah and sometimes it's hard too because you see a teacher that's like that teacher would be fabulous in kindergarten and they're teaching like sixth grade and they're oh, so nice. ready to pull their hair out and you just want to be like move to kindergarten you know <laughs> and i, think I tell people that all the time 
because I taught fifth grade and fifth graders are a different breed. And I moved to third grade and I love my fifth graders, but man, it does not for the faint of heart. If you take things personally or you're sensitive, get your feelings hurt. Fifth grade is tough because yeah. they will hurt your feelings and they will take whatever they can find and, and harness it. And I could handle it, yeah. but I moved to third grade and they all immediately tell you that you're a beautiful fairy princess every morning. And it's kind of like kindergarten, I feel like, but third graders, um, like little boys still want to give you hugs. Like they, they're not embarrassed to be around you. They're excited. If you run into them in public, they'll run and give you a hug. Whereas like fifth graders would run the other direction. So it just was, for me, it was the grade switch too. That made me find like, oh, kids aren't inherently mean to teachers all the time. I was just teaching the wrong grade for my personality because yeah. I am bubbly and like, like I said, cringy and I like dancing and singing and being goofy and third graders love it. Where fifth graders would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's singing during math. This is the worst day of my life. So it just took that, like you said, like sometimes it is that grade switch and that perspective switch for yeah. people that are stuck in the wrong grade. Yeah. And I, I've taught fifth grade for a long time now, so I get where you're coming from with that one, but that grade fourth, fifth just fits my personality. Like totally. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it is, it's finding your niche and what, what grade level yeah. is your personality and how much you can handle. <laughs> yes, that is true. And that's amazing. And I always say, God bless the fifth grade teachers. I've wanted to make TikTok specifically for fifth grade teachers in the spring to be like, how are y'all doing? Right. <laughs> I know spring and fifth grade is different than fall and fifth grade because oh, yeah. the hormones are raging. Personalities are switching and you're like, I don't even recognize this kid. So props to you. That's amazing. Well, thank you. And um, that segues into my actual first question, which I can't believe we haven't even gotten to this point. But um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of teachers posting this summer about getting their very first teaching gig. And so I was wondering um, what kind of advice or things you would want to let them know about getting ready for the school year. So great question. Uh, two things come to mind. Number one is do not be afraid to ask questions because you only know what you know and finding a couple safe teachers, maybe not just one where you can go to them if you have anything like, how do I make a copy? What's your policy on birthday parties? Because those were questions that I had that I thought were super silly, but I needed to know because I'm like, I don't want to be throwing a full on birthday party and then have the principal walk in and be like, what are you doing? Or like, or be stuck in the copy room no, trying to figure out how to make a one-sided to two-sided. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those types of questions, having somebody that's safe, that's not going to be like annoyed with you, but, and, and you'll find those people. I mean, some teachers are kind of in their own set in their ways, but finding people to ask questions for, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's my biggest thing. Cause then the more, you know, knowledge is power when you're, when you're at the school. And the other advice I have is for first year teachers, is that they're fresh and they're coming out of well-researched education mm -hmm. and probably have really good ideas. Yeah. And although they might feel like they're bottom of the totem pole and like they don't have a voice because they're new and there's right. a hierarchy and blah, blah, blah. Your ideas are so important. And there are people like me who have been in the profession for a decade who are craving the like fresh ideas. Do you have new games for me? Do you have new ways to... Um, play this or learn this math skill and, and don't be afraid to tell your team that I, my first year in the new district, I felt like a, a, a newbie again, a first year teacher, even though it was my seventh year. And I remember at a staff meeting, we were talking about equity with um, student voice. And I said, Oh, in my last school, we used this discussion technique. It's, 
it's like a Socratic seminar, seminar. for kids. And, right. and I, and I, we ended up using it whole school, the, the wow. technique that I brought up at a staff meeting. And I remember being like scared to speak because I was new and no one was going to listen to me. And people came up to me, they're like, thank you so much for using your voice at a staff meeting. We really appreciate new ideas. So even though you might feel like scared being a new teacher, just know your refreshing view on teaching and the ideas you have are so important because otherwise education is going to just be at a standstill. Yes. You know what I mean? Like teachers just get so set in their ways. And there are those teachers that are out there that are craving that fresh, new, whatever. So feel free to tell them. Yeah. What I learned in school. Here's what I practice in student teaching because it's important. Yeah, absolutely. I came across a um, TikTok. I can't even remember who whose TikTok it was, but they were talking about acronyms in the school system. And they were like, you know, pull aside those brand new teachers and let them know what those acronyms mean. And yes. when you were talking about ask questions like that reminded me, like definitely ask if you don't know what an acronym is, ask, ask them to yes. explain it to you, you know, and um, I totally agree when it comes to the collaborative piece. Like I love, like, especially, okay, I'm a podcaster, right? So I reach out to people that I find their content to be interesting, but I also think that I put that collaboration in there. Like I, I pick people that I feel like I could collaborate with because that's just innate. When, when you become a teacher, you want to collaborate and new people bring new ideas. So absolutely. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so important. Like I said, it's it's hard if you're in a school where there's a bunch of veteran teachers who yeah. are really clicky and don't want to hear. But there are teachers out there who are craving new. Like, what what can I do? Like, what I'm doing isn't working. What did you do in in when you when you were in your college classes? What did you learn about? What's new research that's come out about teaching reading or yeah. math? I want to know. I'm like, I haven't been to school in ten years. Please teach me. So right. I just want newbies to know, like you're important and we need you yeah and i think on the other side of that is like be open to hearing other people's new ideas as well because mm -hmm. I, I know i'm i i have been known i mean my beginning of my career to be like no my idea is great and want to be so like you know gung-ho about doing mm -hmm. it sometimes other people have tried it or they have other ideas to add to it and take that on as well and feel you know collaborate not collaborate. just excited yeah Yes, no, that's super true too. And and being open to everything. Cause I know I'll be like that too. I'll be like, no, this is how I've always done it. And then someone's like, well, what if you did it this way? And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of work. But then it ends up being great, you know, yeah. just giving someone else a little bit of insight. Totally. Okay, mm -hmm. so the next question really just has to do with one of your TikToks because it, it tickled me. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> That was one of my take. Oh, by one recently, like literally that, today. Yeah, that shocked me. I posted a TikTok yesterday for those of you who maybe don't follow me, and it was a scene from The Rise of the Minions. And the teacher asked the class, "What do you want to be?" And one girl says, "A doctor," and she says, "Wonderful." Another boy says, "A teacher," and she said, "No, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, it it caught me off guard and made me laugh because I said, "Who wrote this script?" Right. But, yeah, I just had to laugh because I I don't know. I know people are getting scared away from the profession, like I said, but well, I've always wanted to be one. Yeah, I just I found it funny that like that's Hollywood's narrative is like, no, you don't. But, you know, they're seeing yeah. it somewhere like mm -hmm. and that's why I'm like mm, TikTokers. 
you've got to be positive. You've got to put the right word out there. But and that reminds me, like I had a um, an assistant principal, amazing, amazing woman one day say, if you don't put your story out there, other people will fill the blanks. And I was like, oh, that is so smart. And that's when I started my like Twitter, Facebook group. And I started telling the, tea, the parents the the tea of the classroom. What are we actually doing? You know, because yes. they will fill the narrative. I completely agree. I've had questions about that as someone who does have a TikTok and does now have a teacher Instagram mm -hmm. as of like a year and a half ago. I was really nervous to do that because I know parents, um, people's family members will follow me and students will follow me, but it's actually been really positive, my experience, because what I post is positive. Um, and if I ever post anything that I think might come off the wrong way, or I think a, a, fam, a, a parent might see something and be like, oh, I don't love that. I try not to do that. I look at it through that lens. I'm like, if a, if my, my daughter's only one, but if her teacher posted something and I was like, ooh, that rubbed me the wrong way, I kind of think of that in that lens. I'm like, am I posting things that I would be proud of when right. people show them to me? And I've had parents come up to me and be like, I really appreciate the, the videos you've been posting, or I really appreciate that you posted this on Instagram. It makes my son, or my son feels super loved in your class. Yeah. My son told me that he loves coming to school every day, which was a problem in previous grades where he would pretend yeah. to be sick he didn't want to go and she's like that has not been a problem this year and she follows me on my social media and will comment things on posts and so i have found that it's been fun to be transparent so yeah. they know who i am i'm not just someone who is walking or talking the talk i try to walk the walk well because you you become human when you're on social media with them you're not just another name that is taking care of their kid a few hours a day you're a human being with a life and everything else. And I feel like if more people kind of realize that it would be better, you know, but um, yeah. for myself, like if I, I, I do have a personal Facebook and it, it's not attached to my business stuff, you know, like I, I've always separated it out because also I don't really, I'll post things here and there of my son and stuff like that, but I'm also very careful about what I do post because yeah. I, I don't want all of my business out there with the whole world, you know? So, right. yeah. <laughs> so I have a personal Instagram too, that is private. And I'm like, I've had families request me and I'm like, and, and I don't post anything weird, but I'm like, I, I do want to keep a professional and personal right. life separate. Right. Um, Cause it is a lot of my daughter. Like it is, it is like my personal Instagram is basically a, a fan page for my one year old, but, but also it's not for the public, you know? Yeah. Same here. My, my personal one is all of my five-year-old. So yeah. Um, okay. So that actually brings us to the next um, question. Uh, how do you feel? How ugh, rewind. I'm going to have to okay <laughs> how do you feel motherhood has impacted you as a teacher so that is a great question i it took me a while to find a really good balance mm. with my emotions because i had a really tough i don't know about you with your son but i had a really tough newborn experience where i didn't necessarily have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety but my daughter was super 
um, upset all the time. She had acid reflux and she just wasn't sleeping well. And so when I went back to work in October, I took the summer and then I had maternity leave. It took a lot for me after those nights where I wasn't sleeping to have a full tank for my students. So I would be coming in and being really tired and feeling myself be shorter with students than I was normally. And that was really hard until I was super open and honest with my class about it. So we would have morning meeting. That's a big part of my day. And I know there's, I think there's a question about that in a little bit, but I would sit down with my class and I would be like, I need to be completely honest with you all last night. And they love my daughter. Like they always want to see videos, pictures, big fans. But I would say last night, um, Hazel had a really tough night. So today I am not feeling 100%. Mm-hmm. So I need you, you to have some grace with me and I'm going to do my best to have grace with you. And I am going to um, do my best to smile and and be the teacher that you all deserve. Because right now I'm having a really hard time. And the way they would react was so sweet. Like I would probably get three hugs right after that morning meeting where they'd be like, I'm sorry, you had a hard night. And the empathy there seemed to be something because I was so honest, they would receive that. And it was really, it took me a little while to get there with them because they didn't really know me when I came in. But once we had that open, honest relationship, I found that it made teaching it made me more of an empathetic teacher it made my students more empathetic as students and it it really helped me too because now that I am a mother I think about what my daughter's experience will be like in school and what would I want her teacher to be like and if she was struggling on something what would I want someone to say to her like I want to always be speaking the truth in love to these kids and letting them know that I do have my own child now and she's important to me, but you are also my children and she's going to come first. So that energy might be going to her. However, like I'm going to do my best to show up every single day for you in the way that you all deserve me to as your teacher. And so that's been really powerful for me. And then I feel like it's also helped me as a mother to be a teacher for 10 years. I realized my patience is a lot like I have a lot of patience. People say that a lot. Um, I realize with teaching her new skills like words or sign language, I I know what motivates her, and I'm like repeating things over and over again, and um, she's getting it. And I think teaching has helped me with those things. Yeah. And so I realize there's just a lot of relationships between the relate the being an empathetic, loving teacher translating into being an empathetic, loving mother. Yeah. Well, and I imagine it probably teaches the kids to have more empathy as well, because they're, you know, they're having to put or think about somebody else's emotions and feelings first and then kind of regulate themselves to that, too. So they're probably being able to have that conversation within each other. Like, you know, hey, I'm, I had a rough light, night last night. You know, I didn't yeah. sleep very well. And I'm sure that they probably communicate that with you as well, too. Right. Totally. And then I have gotten those little comments when I, I've gotten down on their level and been like, hey, what's going on with you? I noticed you're really off today. And they'll be like, I woke up at four in the morning and didn't go back to sleep. And so yeah. I'm really tired. Or like last night I had a hockey game in Minnesota. Okay. So they're like hockey everywhere. I had a hockey game. I didn't get home till 1030. And it's just having those conversations and leveling with them and being yeah. like, you're a human being. 
with needs and not just like a little robot sitting in a chair learning how to multiply, you know, like they're real people too. And I am as well. So I try to humanize myself as much as I can so they can do the same to me. Yeah. I definitely had postpartum depression after having my son. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, I only got two months at home. So I got eight weeks and I had to go back. This was, he was a surprise. I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. Um, cause I have PCOS. And so he was due in January. I took January, February, and I went back in March and I went right before spring break, which was just the dumbest thing I could have Oh, wow. That is quite intense. Yes. I honestly don't remember the end of that school year. I don't. And that was so scary. Like I, I look back now, I'm like, what did I do to those kids? <laughs> Did they learn anything? Like, I just remember chugging coffee because it was the only way I could stay awake and praying to get through the end of the day. That that was my day. And five is totally true. It's speed because I did not have time to go pump. So, you did what with breastfeeding? Sorry, I talked over you for a second. No, that's fine. I finding time um, to breastfeed or pump because I wasn't given a time. So that was a whole nother level on top of it. I, I just remember intense feelings of um, being a failure, like failing at momming, mm-hmm. failing at teaching, just failing. Yeah. That is extremely relatable. Like I said, it took me a while and I would come home to my husband and be like, I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good teacher. I'm not a good wife. And he would have to, again, speak the truth into me and be like, none of that is true. You're just feeling a lot of emotions because of the lack of sleep. I had finished pumping prior to going back because my daughter didn't tolerate my milk. So that was part of the reason she was so angry. And so once we figured that out at four months, it became a little easier. But I remember those feelings of inadequacy all around. I felt like because I came in in October and these kids had already established a relationship with a guest teacher Mm -hmm. and they had their own classroom culture that didn't involve me, that I was the problem. And it took me a long time to realize that it wasn't that. It was that I needed to rebuild and like start from the beginning and not like try to build off of what they had done at the beginning of the year. Like I had to start over. And that took me a very long time. So I know exactly the feelings you had. It's hard. And yeah. new moms, you just feel like you're in it. And like, and, and that you're at school. I I had a real, I have a really good teacher buddy who's next to me, who's been a teacher for like 20 something years. Uh-huh. And I would cry to her quite a few mornings. And it wasn't because of the students. It was because of me feeling like I wasn't going to be enough that day. And she would give me, she would just close my classroom door and give me a bear hug and she would pray and she would just like breathe and and she would tell me to breathe she'd have my shoulders relaxed and she was a saving grace to me I have my own mother obviously but I think of her as a mother actually we're going for a walk tomorrow morning like we're buddies and she's just this really strong Christian like light in my school and she's always been that way since I started since the moment I started she's been like I got you Marin and she even sat me down one day and told me I had lost my sparkle. And that was the most serious conversation. It was this year when I came back, she's like, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, oh gosh, what is it? Am I getting cut? Even though I'm tenured, I was like, what is going on? And we sat down and she's like, you've lost your sparkle. And I was was like, oh no. And she's like, you're normally smiling and happy and waving. And now I see you in the hallway and you're straight face. And then I realized like I had to have a come to Jesus with myself and with my class and be like, 
this isn't working. And I literally sat my class down and I said, we need to figure this out together. Yeah. I was like, you guys seem unhappy. People are telling me I seem unhappy. This is a team. We are a community. We are a classroom family. And I said, what can we do? And they sat down and we came up with step-by-step solutions for our classroom. And I'm not saying it was like a cure-all and it fixed everything and everything was perfect, but it helped so much to just talk about it. Yeah. Here's what's going on. And people are noticing that it's affecting me. And they felt so, they're like, oh, Miss Hanson. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they were kind of, they took ownership in that. They're like, we do, we do talk a lot and we need to stop talking all the time. And and, and we will, and they, it was very much like we came to an agreement, but yeah, I've been there. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I, first I want to, kudos to you for calling your, um, substitute and guest teacher i love that phrasing i think mm-hmm. it gives much more respect where respect is due so i love that so much respect i have the utmost respect i, I seriously like we need all of the guest teachers we can get because they're so few and far between and i'm like anyone who comes into my classroom i want to like give them um a, a, a sled full of chocolate and gift cards because i'm like thank you for being here so much we need you yes yeah so, okay, that was the first thing. Um, <laughs> and when it comes to having those conversations with your kids, I think what's beautiful is that they're very quick to own up to what they know they've done wrong and how they can fix it. Because I want, I think they want to do the right thing. I think all kids innately want to do the right thing. And, and when teachers approach it in that that way of like, what can we do to fix the problem? I think kids feel seen and they feel heard. I agree. And, and the fact that you're leveling with them, that you're not like, here's, this is my classroom and this is how I run it. And this is what we are going to do now, starting with me. The fact that it was like, Hey, this is a, this is an us thing. Like this isn't a me versus you. This is we're on the same team. And I say that all the time to families. That's another piece of advice to go back to that other question for first year teachers right away. Building relationship with parents or their grownups at home is so important. And something I say in every one-on-one conversation with a family is I'm on your team. Yes. Letting them know, like, and I usually say the kid's name. So let's, my daughter's Hazel. So if the teacher said, I'm on team Hazel and I know you are too. So like, let's make this, let's make this a, a, a community where we're working to build your students up together and that has made such a difference with family like it's such an impactful thing to build that relationship right away and let them know like I'm on your side yeah. well it's never going to be me versus you it's going to be us working together and so that's been big I, I it took me a long time to realize that because I was scared of because I was like oh man I'm new I'm young they're gonna not trust me or before I was a parent I was like they're gonna be like why are you telling me what's best for my kid you don't know but in reality like you do know a lot like teachers yeah. know a lot you you have a lot of experience so feel free to lean into that yeah I didn't realize until I had my own son just how much we know our our students because I I was realizing like okay I dropped my kid off at seven I don't get to pick him up till 4:30 he's with that teacher for a good chunk of his day he gets home he only has a couple maybe a few hours with me before he goes to bed so like the yeah. teachers we have a huge impact on these kids and 
I, I love when I read the things about speaking life into our students because I think it starts with speaking life into their parents, speaking life into, you know, when you have the data chats and talking to them about what you're good at and where, you know, where we can work together and stuff like that. It's so important just how you say things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And your tone. Because I... I like to have phone conversations. I like to have conference. I like the the in person if I see them at pick up or drop off wherever, because I don't ever want something in an email to come off misconstrued. And I don't I don't send too many emails with behavior things because that again could be like misconstrued. But making sure they know I'm not against your kid. Like I really am not. I love your kids so much and I want the best for them. And I if I need to report anything to them. It's because I want the best for their kid. And I'll tell my class that all the time. I'll say, I'm not doing this because I'm mad at you or I'm not doing this because I hate you all. I'm doing this because I love you and I want what's best for you. So we are going to, and then I like give the direction. And they are so much more responsive to that than me just blindly yelling out orders. Like, don't, you're all going over here and you're sitting down and you're doing this. Yeah, I'm like, okay we've got to reel it in and we're going to do it this way. And we have to redo this because yeah. of whatever. And they're more receptive to that type of language yeah. than just ordering them around. Yeah. Well, and the older I get, the more I realize that I don't need to control every single thing in my classroom. I need to mm-hmm. be able to give my kids the space to be who they are and to be independent and grow. I think that came with being a mom too, is like realizing I'm I'm pushing my child to be independent. I'm pushing him to try new things and to, you know, all these things. But if I'm micromanaging my classroom, they those two things don't go together. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it you said it, you nailed it on the head. Motherhood taught me that to relinquish control. I truly don't have control over everything. And that is something you nailed that that you're never going to have in the classroom. You could pretend. And there are teachers when you walk by their room where their kids are sitting in straight, quiet lines all day long. And you're like, wow, that person has their life together. But I realize not necessarily. Like you can have a noisy classroom and have so much learning going on. And you could have 10 things going on at once and most of the kids are on task and that's great and yeah. it's not a straight quiet everyone's doing exactly the same thing all the time because that's what i thought growing up that's what i was like that's a good classroom and it took me a long time to realize that's not always a good classroom necessarily kids aren't always learning in that environment so i agree Control well, charge. sorry <laughs> no you're good i think when we were kids that's what we were told was a good class was the yeah. class that sat, listened, did their work, did not talk. I don't remember doing projects with other people until I was in high school. Same. same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now we know that if we're getting them to collaborate and com- converse and talk and do, and do all the things, that they're getting so much more. And I think teaching is going from standing in front of the room and teaching to more of a facilitation, making the kids think, making the kids have these ideas and come up with stuff. So Yeah. yeah. And taking ownership and accountability for their learning that's huge when i'm like just so you know i'm gonna have you read this chapter with your group and then you're going to teach the class what you learn i have so much more engagement than if i sat with my class on the carpet and read to them a chapter of a social studies book they're like zoning out i zone out but if i'm in professional development or i'm in a sermon and i'm not taking notes half the time someone could ask me a question i'd be like i have no idea what you're talking about 
But if someone was like, you're going to be in charge of teaching someone this information mm -hmm. after this, I'm going to give you some time to prepare. Then I am all in. I'm yep. like, oh gosh, I got to take notes. I got to make little graphics. I got to draw some <laughs> So that's what I always keep in mind too is their learning styles. So I'm like, yeah, I don't learn by just listening. I learn by seeing, I learn by doing. And so that's super important. I mean, kudos to those people that can just learn by listening. My husband is that way. He would rather listen to a lecture and he'll walk away remembering everything that's said. I cannot. And I have not, I don't think I've ever met a kid that can either. So. Oh my gosh. I would be amazed if a kid could learn from just talking at them. Yeah. Right. My husband's a whole nother breed. <laughs> I was going to say, he sounds very intelligent. Cause I, I could hear a song on the radio and couldn't tell you all the, I'd be like, what was that song about? Yeah. Oh, he can't remember lyrics though. No. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Okay. So another TikTok I saw you do was morning mantras. And I saw you kind of give mm -hmm. some tips and tricks on your TikTok. You guys, if you've not gone and seen her TikTok and you want some inspiration, please go over and check it out. But um, I want to talk a little bit about morning mantras. So I just started doing, um, have you heard the Snoop Dogg song? That's like um, all the affirmations. I think I have. I think so, but you'll have to you'll have to give me more insight because I I I don't know it that well. I'll have to like insert a clip of it here, but it's um, Snoop Dogg is singing and he's just doing all the affirmations. I am smart. I am whatever, and like all these just wonderful positive things. So I've started playing it in the car for my five year old, and his mind frame has completely shifted. So, yeah, so if with just that one song and me playing it for him over and over, it's shifted. So I, I love seeing that you do the morning mantras, 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 however you want to say it, oh, with your kids, because I'm sure it's it's helped change some perspective and help them be a little bit more positive, right? Totally. I would say, so I started doing that. That was one of the best trainings I've ever been to as a teacher. It was a mindfulness training. And one of the things she talked about was proactive breathing. Mm. They're like, you, all these people talk about breathing to calm down. Like that's a big thing our behavior person does with kids is like figure eight breathing or like with the breathing ball. And they talked about proactive breathing. So getting kids on the same playing field, if they are coming in from households where they got in a fight with their grown up that morning or they didn't eat breakfast. And then you have kids who come to school and they love school. They're excited to be there. So just getting kids all kind of their heart rate slowed down and they're ready to learn. So we do the breathing. It's student led, which I love. And then um, the last three breaths every single day. And it's written in my classroom, on my classroom wall in big, big letters. It says, third graders, you are safe, loved, and welcome here. Mm -hmm. And I have had so many students write me letters, either past students, present students, that say, thank you for making me safe, feel safe, loved, and welcome. Oh. And I keep all of their letters. And those three words are the three words that stick with my kids because those are the ones I, I mainly I mainly stick to with third graders because I'm like, I don't want to get too intense, but it has changed the dynamic of our morning. Like we're starting out with a community where I'm like, I'm a safe person. If you need anything, I'm here, whether it's school related, something's going on at home, whatever I'm here. And that you're loved. Like this is an environment where maybe at home you have some scary stuff happening. I've had some students have some really sad things happening, but yeah. in this room, like you're safe and I've got you. Even with the scary stuff happening in the world, scary stuff happening with schools and, and it's all very overwhelming. But in this classroom, like I've got you and I want them to start the day. And it does, it really, really is transformative. Like I have past students, I can't even count how many past students say good morning to me in the morning. It's become an issue. 
where I'm like, you gotta go to class. But it's it's great because they feel that welcoming. They're like, I want to go to Mrs. Hansen and get a hug and say good morning. It's like a thing. So it has, I would say, I, I love the Snoop Dogg thing. I have to look into that for sure. Um, but I would say if you're starting out this year and you're like, I really want to start with a positive something, mm-hmm. the breathing and the just three quick words, you are safe, loved, and welcome has been transformative. Oh, I love that. So um, my son, he he's ADHD. And we, when he gets very worked up, it's really difficult to bring him back down because he gets fixated on things. And yeah. one of the things we do is we do the breathing. We go. And then we count to 10. And he does phenomenal with that. There are times like I've heard him get upset and I've heard him go, OK, we're going to breathe. And he'll one, two. It's the cutest thing, first of all. That's the best. <laughs> yay. I think that also relates back to how motherhood in teaching, they just go hand in hand. And they being a good mother makes you a great teacher. Being a great teacher brings you a great mother. And they just go back and forth, I feel. I agree. I, agree. I think even in those moments where I'm like, I'm not being a great teacher, I'm not being a great mother. I'm like, you know what? The fact that I'm even thinking about that and wondering what I can do better is already showing me that I care enough about this job and about this baby. You know, like I'm like questioning, what can I do to make tomorrow a better experience? Because today was not it. You know, it's like, I'm always on a self-improvement plan. Yeah. I I think all the good teachers are, all the good parents Mm -hmm. are as well. Mm -hmm. But also at the end of the day, you made your kids feel safe. And I think, I don't know how much of my story you've listened to, but um, I think that's one of my biggest things is, making sure that those kids know that they are safe and they are loved. Um, Because growing up for me, I didn't really have a safe person. And especially like back when I was in school, there was no personal relationships with your teachers. You could love them, but really like you weren't doing small groups with them. You weren't really getting to know them very well. And, and I just didn't have that. And um, so for myself, I felt like, I didn't have a safe person I could go to and tell like all the terrible things that were going on at home. And it made for a lot of trust issues growing up. It made for me, I've been in therapy for so many years. Like it's not even funny. Therapy too. That's a good thing for teachers. I have also been in therapy. It is monumental. So yes. Well, and my therapist, I I won't put names out there, but my therapist has said like they do a lot of work for teachers during the school year because we take on all these things that our kids are going through and it's, it's a lot. lot. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. And it's hard to separate. And, um, it, it, like hearing your story too, and you talking about past trauma and stuff that also is momentum. And it's something that pushes me as a teacher to think about those students who, like you said, they don't have a safe person Mm -hmm. and they're going between a couple of homes or, they don't have, they haven't seen their parents. I've had a lot of students with parents who are incarcerated. There's things like that where they're feeling like they're between the rock and a hard place. And like, if I can just be somebody where they can eat lunch with me or, or check in with me, I'm like that. And I don't know if they learn multiplication or not, but if they left my classroom at the end of that year and were like, I support it the whole time. That's, that's super important to me, the emotional part. I mean, teaching and academics is great, but if they're not regulated emotionally and they're dealing with trauma, they're not going to learn. That's something I had to learn too as a teacher. I was like, if they're not dysregulated, Mm -hmm. they are not learning. 
So yeah. I am doing myself a disservice by ignoring that portion of their life. Cause as a first, second year teacher, I was, I was like, gotta teach, gotta stick to the standards, right. gotta stick to the pace, gotta mm-hmm. do this. And as I learned from experience, I was like, how silly is that? Like yeah. they're not learning. No. So, yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think it's important to talk about and put it out there for people who might be ignoring that part of the student and, and yeah. understanding that they are a whole person. Well, I, I just really want to thank you for putting positive messages out there. I think it's fantastic. And I think a lot of teachers could learn a lot of awesome, helpful things from you. And uh, I can't wait to see what your school year is like. Me too. I'm really excited. And people think I'm nuts for for saying that, but I was like, every school year is a new set of opportunities. And I genuinely believe that. I said that to my husband last night. I was like, it's a new set of kids. It's a fresh start for me now that I have one year of being a parent under my belt. Like, I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll know what I'm doing. That's a joke. I never know what I'm doing, but I can try. So I think it's exciting. So I hope, yeah, with your year, it sounds like you've already started and had some time underway, but Oh, it's well, I'm kind of working on my own time at this point because gotcha. I got the promotion and then yes. felt like I'm behind <laughs> because mm-hmm. I would have used all summer to plan for the school year, but uh, that didn't happen. So <laughs> but it's exciting. That's super exciting. A reading coach is such a coveted job, at least where I am. Like if those jobs open up, so many teachers are like, yes, 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 yes. Cause it's such a great opportunity yes. to work with so many people and like use your strategies and, and expertise to help other people. So I think that's amazing. So congrats to you. I'm sorry you feel a little pressured, but that is amazing. <laughs> I think I would not be me if I didn't feel the pressure. So. <laughs> Same. Oh yeah. I put it on myself. For sure. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be a great year and it's going to be fine, but you know, if I didn't have a little bit of healthy anxiety, you know, it, it wouldn't be me. So <laughs> I think that's teachers to a team. I think we all have that. Even if you're like the most type B teacher of all time, I think we all have that little bit of like, what's going to happen? But, yes. yeah. So do you have anything coming up with your TikTok? Are you planning anything? Do you want to plug anything for anybody? <laughs> I really just post for fun and I, I don't have anything planned. I, again, I post things that I think are helpful or funny, relatable, positive. So if people want to follow me, go for it. I, I like to interact with people on there. I think I've built a really good community of teachers and I think it's been helpful to feel like you're not on an island as a mom too and a teacher. And so, um, I just post whatever I feel like it. So if you want to follow me, please do and listen to this podcast. It's amazing. I think you're a wonderful, beautiful host. And so thank you for having me. Well, thank you. And I hope you have a fantastic school year. And if you ever want, you know, a pen pal class, third grade in Florida, let me know. I can probably work that out for you. (laughs) That sounds so fun. We have a letter writing unit. Oh, there you go. Collaboration. Yes. I like to hear it. All right. Well, you enjoy your evening with your beautiful baby and this will be out on Friday. So I love it. Well, thank you again for having me. This was fun. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.